Each day the traitors are kidnapping our people, children of this country, sons of our nobles and vassals, even people of our own family. This corruption and depravity are so widespread that our land is entirely depopulated. We need in this kingdom only priests and school teachers and no merchandise unless it is wine and flour for mass. It is our wish that this kingdom not be a place for the trade or transport of slaves. Many of our subjects eagerly lust after Portuguese merchandise that your subjects had brought into our domains. To satisfy this inordinate appetite, this sees many of our black free subjects. This sell them. After having taken these prisoners to the coast secretly or at night. As soon as the captives are in the hands of white men, they are branded with a red hot iron. Letters from Mani Congo to King the Third. This was the Atlantic slave trade, and this is the good, the bad, and the pure evil. The story starts with the Atlantic slave trade being developed after contracts between Old World and New World were done. For years, tidal currents made ocean travel extremely difficult and risky, so little if any maritime contact was achieved. By 15th century, Europe improved sea technologies, making ships better to deal with the currents and could begin exploring the Atlantic Ocean. From 1600 to 1800, about 300,000 sailors were part of the slave trade and would visit West Africa. This had them come across societies living along the West African coast and in the Americas. This had never been previously done. In the first wave of European colonization, had many Europeans take part, like Spain, Portugal, France, UK, Italy and Netherlands. European overseas expansion had contact between old and new worlds, producing the Caliban Exchange named after the explorer Christopher Columbus. This sparked the global silver trade and had Europe involved in the Chinese porcelain trade. This had goods unique to one area moved to another area. Europe took cattle, horses and sheep to the New World. The New World gave Europe tobacco, potatoes, tomatoes and maize. Other items became important in global trade like sugarcane, cotton crops, gold and silver. Slavery was about for a long time and the 15th century it was in the Iberian Peninsula. The Roman Empire had its system of slavery. From the fall of the Roman Empire, many systems of slavery continued. Africa has slavery in many parts, well before the Atlantic slave trade. There is even evidence of enslaved people from Africa being exported around Africa, Europe and Asia before Europe colonized Americas. Slave trade wasn't just Africa. Historian Elikika Mbokoko wrote, quote, the African continent was bled of its human resources 
via all possible routes across the Sahara, through the Red Sea, from the Indian Ocean ports and across the Atlantic. At least 10 centuries of slavery for the benefit of the Muslim countries. 4 million enslaved people exported via the Red Sea. Another 4 million through the Swahili parts of the Indian Ocean. Perhaps as many as 9 million along the Trans-Saharan caravan route and 11 to 20 million across the Atlantic Ocean." End quote. Europeans usually bought enslaved people who were captured in endemic war between African states. Some Africans made businesses out of it, capturing Africans from local ethnic groups or war captives and then sold them on. People living around the Niger River were taken to the coast and sold at European trading ports in exchange for guns and goods like cloth or alcohol. Those being held for slavery on the island had the possibility of escaping, but those shipped away had little chance. Once new lands were discovered, Europeans soon migrated there to settle. European migrants under the directions of the Kingdom of Castile invaded and colonized the Canary Islands in the 15th century. Here they converted a lot of the land into production of wine and sugar. They also captured native islanders called Gushins, using them as slaves on not just the island but across the Mediterranean. The Canary Islands became a naval base and Europeans, mainly Portuguese, began many activities down the African western coast, having raids to capture slaves and selling them later in the Mediterranean. Although successful at first, soon African naval forces became aware and sent resistance. Several were killed by the African sailors. They had better ships and better knowledge of the coast and river systems. 1494, the King of Portugal entered into agreements with rulers of West Africa states. This had trade between their people it had Portugal tap into Africa's commercial economy with no conflict. Peaceful trade is what was, it was called. Sometimes though, tensions had violence break out. Many African states had trade on their own terms, like custom duties on foreign ships. 1525, the Congolese king had a French vessel and crew seized for illegal trading. It's been argued the relationship between African kingdoms and European traders were unequal, with Africans forced into colonial trade, exchanging raw materials and human resources, or slaves, for manufactured goods. So now we go to Mexico. A burial ground in Campeche suggests slaves came shortly after the Hernan Cortes his exhibition caused the Aztec Empire to fall in the 16th century. The graveyard has been used since 1550 until late 17th century. This Atlantic slave trade happened in two eras called the First and Second Atlantic System. The first system was trade of enslaved Africans to mainly South America, where there was Spanish and Portuguese colonies. Most traders were Portuguese, so they had pretty much the monopoly of the system. At first, slaves were sent to Seville and Canary Islands, but
but from 1525 it was San Tomé to Hispaniola. Now the Treaty of Tordesillas, signed in 1492, wouldn't allow Spanish ships in Africa ports, so Spain relied on Portugal to bring slaves across the Atlantic. About 1560, Portugal started a regular slave trade to Brazil. Until the middle of the 17th century, Mexico was the largest single market for slaves in Spanish America. Portugal were involved in trading slaves in Brazil, and Spain relied on the Asiento de Negro system, giving Catholic merchant bankers licenses to trade slaves from Africa to Spanish colonies in Spanish America. The split of the slave trade between Portugal and Spain had the British and Dutch not overly happy. The Iberian Union crumbled. Spain banned Portugal as their slave trade carriers. The Treaty of Munster had slave trade open to the enemies of Spain. This had them lose a large share of the trade to the Dutch, French and British. For 150 years, not one Spanish slave trip set off from Africa. Unlike competitors, Spain never delivered slaves to foreign territories. The British though and the Dutch sold slaves everywhere in the Americas. The second system was slave trade of Africans by English, French and Dutch traders. In 1672, the Royal African Company was founded by the Royal Stuart family and City of London merchants to trade from the west coast of Africa. Then in 1674, the New West India Company, which was a charter company of Dutch merchants, became more involved in the slave trade. From 1677, the French charter company Capagnan du Sigal used the island Gouré to house slaves. The Royal African Company most of the time refused to deliver slaves to Spanish colonies, but did sell them to all comers from their factories. 1682, Spain allowed governors from Havana, Panama and others to procure slaves from Jamaica. 1690s had the English shipping the most slaves then in the 18th century. Portugal, uh, Portuguese Angola was again principal sources of the Atlantic slave trade. The end of the War of Spanish Succession had the Treaty of Utrecht and this granted Asiento the South Sea Company. The British kept their position in the 18th century becoming the biggest shippers of slaves across the Atlantic. It said that over half of the entire slave trade happened in the 18th century, with the UK, Portugal and France being the main carriers of slaves taken from Africa. At the time, slave trading was said to be crucial to Europe, Europe's maritime economy. Soon it became a business for privately owned enterprises. From 1790 onwards, captains checked slave prices before deciding where to sell. For the last 15 years of the transatlantic slave trade, Spain were the only empire. 1807, the UK and US had bans on Africa, African slave trades, but records show from 1810 until 1860, over 3.5 million slaves were still transported. 
There was a system called the triangular trade. The first side of this triangle was exports of goods from Europe to Africa. Many African kings and merchants took part in the trading of slaves from 1440 until 1833. For each slave, the rulers got goods from Europe. The goods included guns, ammo, alcohol, dyed Indian textiles and other factory goods. The next side of the triangle was exporting the slaves across the Atlantic to the Americas and Caribbean islands. The third and final side of the triangle was taking goods back to Europe from the Americas. The goods were from slave labour plantations and were goods like cotton, sugar, tobacco, rum and molasses. Pioneer naval commander Sir John Hawkins was the first to run this triangular trade, making a fortune every step of the way. So the Atlantic slave trade came about due to labour shortage. This had European colonists wanted to exploit New World land, exploit the resources and of course make money. At first native people were used for slave labour by Europeans, but they began dying in large numbers from being overworked and from diseases in the old world. They then tried indentured servitude. This is when a person is contracted to work with no salary for X amount of years. It can be done voluntarily and by the X years done, you might get compensation or debt repayment. Or it was imposed as a sentence of crime. Anyway, it failed to get enough people. Low labour force had no crops grown, so none were being sold. Exporting from New World to Europe was seen to be more profitable. To do this, a huge labour force was needed to create plantations, grow, harvest and process crops. Western Africa, the slave coast, was the place to get enslaved people to meet this demand for labour. The bottom line for constant labour shortage, with cheap land and many landovers looked for workers. Free European immigrants could now become landovers. More landowners increased the need for more labour. Africans played a direct role. They kidnapped adults and stole children to sell them on to Europeans. African kings would protect their own, but did have their criminals sold to get rid of the nuisances. Evidence show some societies of Africa, Africans elite knew about what was going on, especially the royal elites. Those who didn't know had a rumour that Europeans were cannibals who took slaves to cook and eat them. Europeans provided a market for slaves but didn't enter Africa because of fear of disease or resistance from natives. Instead, they stayed in fortresses on the coast and waited for Africans to come with slaves to them in exchange for goods. European merchants sometimes went a little too far. They started kidnapping free Africans. This had retaliation and trade stopped and Europeans were captured and often killed. 1750, the British passed Acts of Parliament for regulating the slave trade, 
meaning abduction of free Africans were outlawed. Parts of Africa had criminals sentenced to enslavement. As time went on and slavery became a money well, sentences like this increased. Forms of slavery varied. African slavery wasn't passed on. What I mean by that is the children of slaves were free, but American slave children were born into slavery. West African slavery wasn't racial or religious, but European colonies based slavery on these factors. The treatment was also very different. Kings of Dahomey slaughtered slaves, hundreds if not thousands in sacrificial rituals. Some though were seen as family, being called adopted children and could marry without permission from their masters. The Americans, well, they weren't so open. They denied the right to marry freely. Slaves were not equal or seen as family. They were seen as property. The presence of European slaves affected the legal code. Crime punishment became, ensla uh, became enslavement. Wars broke out between native African kingdoms as to who produced the most slaves. Many died in battle or enforced marches to slave ports. The slave trade was a byproduct of tribal and state warfares as a way to get rid of possible troublemakers. Once captured, they were then held in factories. Then they entered the middle passage. Deaths would be high on the voyage from torture and poor care. Over 2 million Africans died on the trips. They were packed in like sardines, in unsanitary conditions for months at a time. Measures were attempted to try to avoid deaths, like enforcing dancing on the deck for exercise. They also force-fed slaves starving themselves. Conditions on board were our breeding ground for fatal diseases. Other deaths include suicides, or slaves escaping by jumping off the ship. Slave traders crammed 350 to 600 slaves on one ship at a time. Before being banned in 1853, over 15 million slaves had been sent to the Americas. Despite slavery being a money haul, the ordinary sailors on the slave ships were paid pennies and treated extremely poorly. Mortality amongst the crew was very high from disease, flogging, overwork or slave uprising. Malaria and yellow fever were common causes of deaths in sailors. On return, the mortality rate in the crew was even higher, which the captain took advantage of as it meant fewer pay to pay when they got back home. Slave trade was hated by sailors, and those who became the crew on a slave ship did so only because they had to, either being forced or had no other work choice. Many diseases all capable of killing arrived in the Americas after 1492. Diseases included malaria, smallpox, plague, typhus, flu, measles, yellow fever, and whooping cough. 
The trade of slaves has its origins of Portuguese. Before that, contact with African slave market was made to ransom Portuguese who were captured by barbarian pirates. First Europeans to use enslaved Africans in the New World were the Spaniards. The first enslaved Africans arrived at Hispaniola in 1501. Then Portugal created sugar plantations in Brazil 1545. This had Portuguese merchants supply enslaved Africans to sugar planters. November 7, 1693, Charles II of Spain issued a royal decree providing safety in Spanish Florida for fugitive slaves from the British colony in South Carolina. Britain soon became the leading slave traders and the Royal African Company operating out of London was the main trader until 1689. Then Bristol and Liverpool merchants became involved. By late 17th century, one of four ships that left Liverpool was slave trading. The wealth Manchester was built on came from slaved picked cotton and manufacture of cloth. 75% of all sugar from plantations was sent to London. Much of it was used in the lucrative coffee houses. Some African rulers saw an economic benefit to slave trading. Benefits including military, technology, gold and weapons. The Atlantic trade brought new crops to Africa too. The demographic effects of the slave trade is very controversial and a highly debated issue. Africa's population was lowered by the slave trade and this had the population severely imbalanced with females making 65%. Historian, political activist and academic Walter Rodney argues the export of so many had democratic disaster to Africa leaving it permanently disadvantaged and largely explains the country's continued poverty. Britain, America, Portugal and parts of Europe had growing oppositions against the slave trade. Many people joined the movement and protests began but they were opposed by the owners of the colonial holdings. After Lord Mansfield's decision in 1772, many thought slaves became free once they entered the British Isle. But in truth, slavery continued in Britain until abolished in 1830s. Thomas Jefferson in the US led the new state of Virginia in 1778 to be the first state to stop the importation of slaves for sale. It made it a crime for traders to bring slaves from out of state or overseas to sell. Migrants from in the US could bring their own slaves. The new law freed all slaves brought in illegally after passage and imposed heavy fines on violators. Other US states would follow. Denmark was the first country to ban the trade in 1803. Britain banned it in 1807. The Royal Navy tried to stop other nations continuing slave trading and declared slavery was equal to piracy and was punished by debt. February 22, 1807, House of Commons in Britain passed to abolish the Atlantic slave trade. 
but slavery being so lucrative like sugar was still going on. Abolitionists didn't move against sugar and slavery until the sugar industry went into decline after 1823. The last known slave ship to land in the US was the Clotilde in 1859. Africans on board were sold as slaves. Five years later, in 1865, after the American Civil War, slavery in the US was abolished. In 1998, UNESCO designated August 23rd as International Day for the Remembrance of the Slave Trade and its Abolition. Since then, a number of events each year are organized to recognize the effects of slavery. As of 2009, efforts are underway to create a UN Slavery Memorial as a permanent remembrance to the victims of the Atlantic slave trade. And that is the story of the Atlantic slave trade. Like and subscribe to my YouTube and podcast. And join me next time for the story of the Dion quintuplets. Born in 1934, they are the first quintuplets to survive infancy. Just four months old, they were signed over to the Red Cross. And then a year later, the Ontario government passed the Dion Quintuplets Guardianship Act of 1935, which made them wards of the Crown until they were 18. The government and others made millions of the Quintuplets, having them tourist attractions. Until then, this was the good, the bad and the pure evil. <laughs>